This is The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital. Hello and welcome to the show. You're tuned to The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital, the sports program that pokes fun from the sidelines. Simon Morgan is my name and with me as always, my fellow left fielder, the Black Swan. How you doing, Black Swan? Good, buddy. Good. Now, Black Swan, we have some hot news for our listeners today. We've been a uh, pair of lonely guys who love sport in the studio recently, but we now have a brand new member of the left field team. We welcome Mika Buchan to the show. Mika, how you doing, babe? I'm doing fantastically, and thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm a little afraid that I am going to lower the tone of the show, but I feel like I'll be good co- in good company when we get down there. I think it's good. <laughs> we're going to kill it. We're going to yeah. kill it. Today on the show, we're going to ask when sports shouldn't be sports, when do fans go too far, when is biting in sport okay, <laughs> And we're going to hear about the psychology of RPS or rock, paper, scissors. Those stories and more here on ABC Grandstand Digital. This is The Left Field. The Left Field. <laughs> yes, indeed. This is The Left Field here on ABC Grandstand. Now, this week in the UK, a teacher has become the 42nd Scrabble champion after winning the annual competition in London. Mr. Paul Allen, who started playing competitively since 1993, clinched a 3-1 victory in the best of a five showdown by playing some high-scoring words, some high-scoring words such as Bandura. Wait for this, Kernite, Exordial. Have you heard that one, Black Swan? Yeah, all the time. Use that. <laughs> Portage and Shrivel. Like I, I've just learnt a lot already. I had to actually look up what one of those words meant. Bandura is a Ukrainian loot and yep. scored him 86 points. Mm. I would never have known that before you I shared that today. Had... I feel smarter. You know, I have to say, I, I didn't know any of these words. Not <laughs> one. Not one. Though I, the, the one the one that uh, got 100 points, Kernite, which is a mineral, that kind of reminded me of Kermit. I mean, yeah, right. you know, one, one little letter, a slip, and you, 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 you're dropping down to 20. Oh, what about Vegemite? That would be a high-scoring word, it wouldn't it? It could be. That could be. be. You've got a V in there. You'd probably get a couple of triple word scores or something. Yes, yes. Scrabble, scrabble. Now... <laughs> Scrabble as a sport, mm, this is a, this is this is a this is a I don't know. What it's, do you think? It's a bit of a quandary. I, I know it's my first show, but it's time for me to say I object. This is the kind of story <laughs> that brings big words out of your mouth. Mika. It, it certainly does, and I've got several, but I'm, I'm going to save them for exactly the right opportunity. But so Scrabble as a sport, it came up under the sports pages, mm. and that just made me realise I'm a bit mad at that because it's not a sport, is it? It's a game. It is, and, it, and it made me realise I'm actually quite mad at other things. I guess pastimes that masquerade as sports. Like, what else? What else? Okay, so, all right, I, I'll probably never get hired to cover this sport again. I worked on poker, poker broadcasts in the mm-hmm. States quite a lot, Ooh. like, you know, on every network, you name it. Um, you know you've got two poker guys in the room here. Okay, <laughs> I like to play poker. It's a game. It's not a sport. I spent many, many hours watching guys sit at tables looking at cards. Now, here's my theory, right? Uh-huh. Any any sport slash pastime that can be done with a beer in your other hand wait, is not a sport. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like darts. If you can play it in a pub, it's not a sport. I don't know, darts. <laughs> well, hang on. I think it's a bit strong on darts. Those guys spend a lot of time and and with other, other sports that take place in a pub. That, you've got to spend a lot of hours in the pub to get to that level. I mean, let, let me ask you, how many things can you do with the schooner in one hand? Uh, not many things I can probably say on radio, but, <laughs> but I mean, I, I get that. Like, if you're a particularly good pool player, 
but I also had this thing, like, I don't even think water skiing is a sport. If you're no. being dragged behind a mechanical boat... It's just tough. Hush, hush. I, I don't think it's a sport. I think it's like mm. a pastime. Listen, if you're going to slam sports that <laughs> yes. shouldn't be sports, I have to... This one really gets my craw. Yeah. Table tennis. Or, as it's really known, ping pong, because that's what it is. I mean, come uh, on. Yes. Can you take this uh, seriously? Exactly. It's a kid's game you play when you go on holidays at caravan parks. Why is it an Olympic event? Exactly. It's, it's the game that you play in your friend's, mm. like, basement or garage when you pull it out at Christmas time. It's not... This is not a sport. It's a game. Black yeah, Swan. The whole of Asia just tuned out right there. You, <laughs> just, you just killed our major audience. Uh, i got to say, what, how I see it as sport, is a, it's a competition that involves physical activity. So you have to... Technically, you must sweat. Mm. And you can't be sweating playing a strategic board game. Man, no. I, sweat, I sweat when I play cards yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, yeah i don't know that's that that's that's something a little different a bit special that you bring to the sport you're tuned into the left field each weekend abc grandstand brings you all the action of the a-league but if you missed all the action from your side's last round never fear we've got you covered with a-league replays Grandstand Digital Replay. Replay. Tune in for full match replays every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday on Digital Radio ABC Grandstand. Grandstand Digital. For broadcast details on Grandstand's coverage of the A-League, check out the Grandstand broadcast schedule online. The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital. Yes, you're tuned to the left field here on ABC Grandstand Digital. You can also catch the podcast if you go to abc.net.au forward slash grandstand. Follow the links to the podcast. You'll catch the show. And you can also find us on iTunes. Now, this week, Mick, you found a story that you can really sink your teeth into. Oh, indeed. <laughs> mm. um, remember a couple of months ago, um, very famous Liverpool striker, Luis Suarez, basically the red mist descended and all of a sudden he was biting Chelsea's defender, Branislav Ivanovic. Do you yes. remember that story? Yeah. Yes, big and news. It, it was a massive story. He got so much hate mail because of it. Tweets from from everywhere. I mean, the man all of a sudden became, you know, he went from hero to zero mm-hmm. in a lot of people's eyes. Well, it's happened again. Again? It's happened again, but this time it's a goalkeeper. Whoa. And you, I, I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of body contact in the square there, but he was right out of his box. And basically, this is in the Argentinian second division. It was a game between Union and Boca, Boca Unidos and uh, glovesman Jose Martinez Golota could be Garota, got involved in a clash with forward Diego Jara. Now, basically, they, they kind of were a bit bit close, a bit physical. Both fell on the ground. All of a sudden, you've got Galotta sitting behind Jara, bites him on the back of his shoulder and just holds on. Holds on. He didn't want him to get up and run away, so he just mm. held on. Now, he's in lots of trouble too. But it made me think, maybe we're thinking about this biting thing all wrong. Mm. Maybe, instead of actually consternation and disgust, maybe there are times... When it's okay to bite. Wait a minute. Yes, I know. I know. I've one such time. You, okay. I do. I do. Well, one such time I have is uh, back in two thousand and one, Real Madrid. There was a game. Uh, Frances- Francesco Gallardo. He was playing for Real Madrid in the Spanish La Liga, and he got very excited. His teammate Jose Antonio Reyes scored a goal, <laughs> which is not you know we know we score goals, Hooray! and he got very excited. Happens. He said, <laughs> "Happens in football." Yeah, he scores a goal. He said, "Sometimes you are just way too happy for your teammate scoring a goal." What he did to show his appreciation, he uh, grabbed Reyes' manhood with his teeth. What? He, he bit his business. He, he did, and you know, as like a thank, as a thank you, as a well done. May I please 
place my teeth on your nether region. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just don't understand this story, Black Swan. Well, there's nothing to understand. <laughs> Except it's, he was it's, celebrating it's, in a special way. It's celebrating. I don't see why he needs to be punished for it, but he did catch... He, get, he got eight match banned for that. Really? So he should. He's, that's uh, not right. I, I don't think biting's right. Come on. I don't know. I think that there are some other occasions where maybe like a, a bite, like an angry bite, the red mist has descended, you're in the middle of an exciting game, like something like State of Origin. Mm. Like you've got everything on the line. You're playing for pride. You've either yes. got your blue or your maroon jersey on. The grand finals. Grand, grand finals. Yes, there's got to be... We do, we do let things slip in those major events. I think so. Don't we? Spirit of the occasion and all. Mm. But even, even at a social level, a basic level, <laughs> I think, you know, if... In soccer, if the in the first half, if things that you can't bite in the first half, but if someone forgets to bring the oranges yeah. in the second hungry. half, you can get a bit angry. Don't That's play, understandable. Don't play hungry. Yeah. That's the moral of this story. <laughs> don't, really. play. don't play hungry. But, um, you know, there's some other occasions, like obviously in rugby union or rugby league, there mm. has been a few occasions of oh, biting. Yes, so I've, I've got a theory now. Don't bite around the face. Yes. Okay, so you, maybe you're allowed to bite, but don't, don't no ear biting. Uh-huh. None of that. But sometimes if you're like in a bit of a ruck and mall situation or someone's tackled you and they've they've landed on you in a way that you don't like, I think biting's okay in that situation. Yeah, because you're trying to breathe. You're trying to you're breathe. You're trying to create some space to breathe. It's understandable. You're trying to get them off you with your mouth. It's too, yeah. Well, interesting. An Australian rugby player, uh, Rory Big Dog Arnold, has just been banned for seven matches in, in of all places, South Africa, for biting <laughs> someone uh, just last uh, couple of months ago, which yeah. I find a kind of a bit... I mean, the Springboks, they had a bit of a reputation a few years back. Biters. Biters, you ask John Eels. <laughs> and uh, now he's catching it. I, I, I think, I don't know, maybe this is one of the instances where Big Dog's being, you know... <laughs> He had. He he's being victimised. He's being victimised. Because of his nickname. But the nickname, I mean, the nickname, that's, that's, that's just, you're waving flags for biting with a yeah. nickname like that. He's got know. his canine fangs ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know. Biting, the jury's still out. We've sort of, it's across. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay. <laughs> you're listening to the left field where we've been talking about when is biting okay in sport. <laughs> and now to, oh, you like this one, a soundbite from one of the most famous chompers in sport history. Mike Tyson. <laughs> This is my favorite part coming up right now. <laughs> I can feel it coming in the air tonight. You're close, my guy. But I've been waiting for this moment <laughs> all my life. One more time, guy. Oh, Lord. The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital. You're tuned to the left field with me, Simon Morgan, Meeks, and the Black Swan. We heard a, a lovely little rendition of uh, Mike Tyson doing a lovely cover of Phil Collins' In the Air Tonight. Uh, yes, from the movie The Hangover, probably one of the most famous biters uh, we were talking about earlier. The Red Hot Chili Peppers have uh, caused uh, some heat recently in Brazil when a drummer of the US rock band Chad Smith uh, caused outrage by wiping his bum with a flamingo shirt on film, which has gone viral for the 30 million strong fans. Not such a good idea for Chad Smith. <laughs> uh, not, a, not a good move. 30, 39.1 million fans of the biggest team in South America and perhaps the world. It's, it, it's not, not the look, biggest in the world. I'm going to stop well, you there. Well, one but, of. What, but big for fans. Oh, big. 39. A lot of fans. A lot of fans. Let's just say it's up there. It's up there. It's, yeah. up, it's going to totally kill the plans for a Brazilian Christmas <laughs> album, I feel. Well, it's, it's not so good when you're actually performing in Brazil. Like, they're touring in Brazil at the time. I mean, you look, at, you know, this is a country that takes their football very, very seriously. seriously. I've heard stories about guys who are being set on fire because they were sitting next to a guy wearing the wrong jersey. They're alone wiping your <laughs> bum with one. I mean, 
mean, it's a chat on. That's which, extreme. That's a tad extreme. What even like inspired him to do that? Yeah, I think it was a crazy move. A yeah. crazy move. And to Dude. add the injury to insult, he then misspelt their name in the apology, calling them flamenco fans. And Chad, just, just, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> Uh, yes, huge backpedal though. The, the next day, he's he's there taking, giving them T-shirts and yeah. autographs and all that sort of jazz. So I think he's uh, doing everything to save face. There you go, <laughs> trying to keep the fans happy. But now, speaking of fans who aren't very happy, Black Swan, you found a story in Italy where yes. uh, some fans are not very happy at all. No, we love the Italian third division. Great fodder for stuff on our show always. Mm. And uh, <laughs> Team Nocciarina have forfeited a match after several players faked injuries following death threats from the fans. So mm, this is serious. Hardcore. Man. They this were dropping like serious. flies. They were. 20 minutes had gone in the Salerno derby and uh, eight players had got lost to injury Three of them in the first minute. <laughs> so, yes, but, but I've seen this footage. This is not hardcore injury. This is guys getting like a love tap and falling on the ground and then literally being stretched off field. Hey. And as soon as they're off field, bolting up the tunnel. It is the Italian league, though. Come on. They do <laughs> like <laughs> to take a dive. They, they, they all, they, through training, they go through a rigorous acting training yes, campaign. Yes, they do. Oscar nominations for some of these falls. We see it every World Al Cup. Al Pacino is a guest speaker at he those does, training camps. He does indeed. Um, but there's a reason for this, right? For the death threats and why they, they ended up dropping off well yes yes there's uh, always a reason apparently but <laughs> apparently there's a bit of pressure wasn't there from the other the other supporters yeah to, so because it was a, a local derby the the home team's management said that that the the opposition fans couldn't come because obviously in in italy there is so much passion between these fans that there is very likely that there could be some form of bloodshed so they didn't mm, want yes. both teams fans to be there so the visiting team um, Nosarina, basically, that they were getting death, death threats from their own fans saying, you're not allowed to play because we can't come and watch you. Mm. So they literally, the reason they were dropping like flies is because otherwise they were going to get killed by their own supporters. Mm. Yeah, I like how you called it a little pressure. Like, yeah, a little pressure. <laughs> this is some big pressure. It's big pressure. Is this, is this fans going too far? This is definitely fans <laughs> going too far. But this is normally in Italy. I, I chatted to um, ex-Australian goalkeeper Zelko Kalitz about this yesterday and he, he played for AC Milan over there and he said, you've got to take these death threats very seriously because that, that, that's exactly what happens. It's yeah. hardcore. But there, there was another great example of fans going too far or maybe loving their team just a little too much in Uruguay. Mm. There was a guy who actually gambled his house on the – it was the Arsenal-Manchester United game, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, uh, actually Uganda. Yes, Uganda. Uganda is a bit of – It's a you country. Yeah, 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 yeah same, 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 same. I love yeah, this story. This, tell us, tell Well, us. recently, yes, Arsenal up against Man U, huge Arsenal mm. fan. He's backed his house <laughs> and he staked his – Big call. He staked his wife. No, no. No, no. He, he staked his house <laughs> against – Against, against. yes, he's, he would have won a wife. And a car. And a car. And a car. Oh, yeah, you've got to throw on the well, car. car but- it's, it's like new prices, right? I mean, he's already got... Th- and the thing is, he's already got three wives. He's already so got he's, three he's wives. He's getting a little greedy. In a, in a two-bedroom house, too, are they all bunking in together and he's got the master? How does that even work? So, so we've got the two rivals, Arsenal and Manchester United, going, yeah. this guy said, I bet my house. Uh, yeah. And the uh, other guy's gone, I'll bet my wife and a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Arsenal lost the game 1-0, yeah. and he's freaked out at full time, realising he's, he's, he's lost everything. Fully fainted. He's fainted. Yeah. Now, it's good. What I love about this story is that they didn't just kind of have a laugh about it no. afterwards. No way. What no. happened the next day? Yeah, the next day, basically, the, the guy he'd lost his house to and his ma- fellow Manchester United fans stormed the yeah. Ugandan house. You would storm, too. Stormed the house and literally just claimed it. This no, is ours th- now. Threw we him out it. of the house with threw his family. With his, with his fa- what, three wives and kids. Yeah, out of the house. This is our house now. This is a man new house.
house. <laughs> this is the Man U house. This, that, yes. We are fans going too far. I think Arsenal <laughs> need to need to chip in here. Surely that, that house wouldn't be too expensive. It'll be a bit of petty cash tin for they those boys. They can afford it. I, I just want to know where the where the where the the the, the weight of, of the bets come through. How do you decide <laughs> the house is worth a car and a wife? Who know. makes these decisions? I don't know. Like. That's, like maybe the wife's a really good cook. That's why. That's why. You <laughs> maybe need to, she's got special talents. That's why we regulate sports betting. You know, it gets a bit out of control. You're throwing in. You're th- so people don't go too far. <laughs> well, you know, wives, chickens. You're on the left field. The left field on ABC Grandstand Digital. You're on ABC Grandstand Digital, the left field, and you can also follow this show through the podcast, abc.net.au forward slash grandstand. Check out the links to the podcast, and you can also find us on iTunes. Now, uh, early on the show, we spoke about sports that shouldn't be sports. Coming up in the UK is the RPS Championships UK. Uh, Black Swan, do you want to tell us what the RPS is? Yes, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's it's a game that everybody knows, but this is uh, the UK Rock, Paper, Scissors Championships, which (laughs) happens in the second last weekend of November. A classic sport. I've just got to say it again. Rock. Paper, scissors. Yeah, it's full on. <laughs> yeah, it's 250 competitors battle through seven knockout rounds. Of course, in a pub. 250. 250. <laughs> yes, and it's three hours. it's three hours of pure excitement. It's a and lot you of just, just, high pumping adrenaline going on. You there. do have to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, it's the psychology of how this can actually be. Yeah, I mean, this is not a sport. But maybe it is a sport. Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps it is I a sport. You Hang on, let's, you go, could let's go back to you the could, test. That's right. Could you sweat doing rock, paper, scissors? Hell yeah. You flicking that wrist for like three hours? You you're going to be sweating up a storm. You're going to be having cups. And if you go too aggressive on your rock, That's you it. could almost, almost can, flip and land on your neck. There's neck. injuries that could happen but, if you get a bit a bit overzealous. I'm going to counter that by saying you could still play it with a beer in your hand. <laughs> oh, that's true. That takes it out of you're contention You're going to spill the beer a lot, though. Will that <laughs> flicking? You're going to be ha- you're going to have wet wrists. I tell you. You won't win. All right. Tell me about how it went. Ah, listen. It's coming up actually, so we're previewing this one. Okay. Mm. Uh, next show, we'll tell we'll tell everybody how Let's it went see. down. But uh, I mean, rock, it's 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 a great sport for everyone. I mean, we won't call it a sport, but in my family, in our household, yeah. it does solve a lot of decision making. Does it? Problems. Does it really? It does, and I I, t- I just bamboozle my six year old son with it. <laughs> we uh, I introduce a few extras. I do a bit of a closed fist Ooh. with a thumb extended. Yes. Which is the grenade. Whoa. He has no idea what that is. He looks at it. <laughs> Floors he, him. He's. He, he's in How hysterics. How do you beat the grenade? Yeah, no, you can't. It just you blows can't. everything out of the water. <laughs> the second one I've introduced, an ex- it's a single f- index finger extended, which I call the spear. He likes to call it the laser. Ooh, <laughs> nice one. And he nice has one. no idea at all what that does. So basically, that's just you cheating. <laughs> well, it's me muddying up the whole game. It makes it interesting. I'm sick of rock, paper, scissors. Come on. Like, so when you were Extras. So- earlier, before the show, you were talking to me about how people, there, there are people who are like repeat offenders. There are people who go in and they use, they use the rock. They use the rock too many times. They fall back on the rock. I, I want to know more about the psychology. Okay, what psychology. runs through your mind <laughs> yeah. before? Are you going to go the scissors or the rock beforehand? What, yeah, come let's on, leave give my, it to me. What's yeah, the process? Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently rocks for rookies. Ooh. You go, you're coming in strong with a rock. You're, you're trying to be a dominant. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of men tend to do this. Apparently. And apparently inexperienced men yes. are the ones who are most likely to do it. That's Whoa. right. And they say if you're big, a tip to win, right? If you're big, scary, muscular, you should throw paper. <laughs> mm. right. It totally throws them off because they're, they're expecting to come hard with the rock. So and apparently girls are more likely to throw the paper 
but I, I'm probably not like normal girls anyway. I, for me, I was like, I, was, I always open with the scissors. Mm. But then I, I read but what how, that. How do you do the scissors? Though? Is that a bit of a bit of a? You've got to try and throw them off. Yeah, yeah, right. You've got to act like you you're shaking dice before you throw the scissors out. But then I've, I read into the psychology of what it means when you throw scissors a lot. Yes. And it says that it's apparently a sign of confidence and cockiness. Which Ooh, could be well, true. Well, yeah, touche. <laughs> I learned a lot about myself today already. So I was, I was thinking when, when you were going to bring this story up that the other, the other name for paper scissors rock is Rochambeau. Which, yeah. Now, wh- where does this come from? So, this, this is, this is lame. It's like, well, it sounds a bit fancy in I French, like it. doesn't it? Does it? Do you like fancy. it? I do like it. It sounds, um, yeah, rolls nicely. But I reckon we should come up with an Australian version of that. We should, yes. like, we if we're playing it out of pubs, let's not call it some American Franco silly name. Like, so I've been sort of trying to workshop what we could call it. We could call it yeah. like handy, fisty, sheery, like sheep shears. So it's like Australians <laughs> put a Y on the end of everything, right? Cutty, cutty. Handy, cutty. fisty, sheery. Well, you know, it's like the yeah, visuals okay. of it yeah, all. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, have you got any ideas? You, could you improve on that? Not really. I just I just go straight for like wrist wars, you know, something like wrist wars. Oh, wrist wars. No. Rochambeau. Rochambeau. It sounds it French does, to me. It sounds like croquet. croquet. It sounds like something you should be playing on a it lawn. Does, it does. A little Wearing fancy. Whites. Would you like to go for a little Rochambeau? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, no, I want to go in the pub. I want to spill beer all over me. Yes. And I want a grenade Exactly. It sounds like something you should... <laughs> Rochambeau is yeah. something you should wear a cravat and like a pocket square. I think we should introduce grenade to the Australian version. <laughs> You've started something. Hey, like listen, we'll trademark a, that. We'll make get some a, cash. Get a patent on that, boy. Do it now. One of us will. Anyway. Now, I'm worried about this in the future. Could you guys know that in Japan they have now uh, developed, uh, scientists have developed a robot that is so fast it can win at rock, paper, scissors against every hu- every human every single time. Oh. Now, this is this is opening up a whole new, you know, problem for this game because we call it match fixing. Yes, of course. you've got guys who are going to be sneaking in these robots. Now, this robot, what it does, it actually reads you like a, like a fraction of a second before and it can, so it anticipates your, your, your grenade. Or then, you know what? You're going to throw it with the grenade, grenade next one. That they would smash a robot They haven't programmed the grenade in there over in Japan oh, yet. But, you know, to, yeah. I told you, grenade gets, breaks everything it down. It would be dumbfounded. <laughs> yeah. The thing I'm worried about is going to be metal detectors are going to be needed now. You know, match-fixing guys are going to be seeing their fake hands. You know, <laughs> why are you wearing that glove? You know, hey, I'm just a big MJ fan. No, what's under there, buddy? You got Prosthetic the robot. hands. <laughs> Rochambeau. Rochambeau. How mm. about it? I don't know. <laughs> the Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital. Yes, you're tuned in to The Left Field here with the Black Swan Meeks and myself, Simon Morgan, on Grandstand Digital. And uh, this week, uh, Meeks, you found a story about uh, a very embarrassing moment for, uh, well, let's just say a footballer who uh, doesn't really know how to read a map. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a great example of a story of just because someone is good at sport doesn't mean that they're necessarily good at life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And we see this all the time with our, our rugby league players here. You know, fantastic on the field, not necessarily great at managing the other elements of their mm-hmm. life. Well, he's, an el- <laughs> he's a, a footy player, from, well, footy footballer uh, from the Premier League uh, with the ironic name of Andre Wisdom. Yes, yes. there's the, oh, the irony. Oh, the irony. He nearly missed his team's kickoff when his 100,000 pound Porsche became stuck in a bog. And how did he get there, Meeks? Tell us. <laughs> well, so he'd been boasting about this incredibly expensive car on social media for weeks and so he's decided to program into the gps Mm -hmm. the path to the stadium yeah 
But then, not paying attention at all. Because he's probably too busy tweeting. Yeah, tweeting himself <laughs> driving. behind the car. Well, he's ended up driving through a forest, mm-hmm. and then it's suddenly become very muddy. And then suddenly, it, without thinking, this doesn't seem right. That's not a stadium. That's a bog. I'm going to drive right into the middle of that bog. So, literally, the photo here is of this very expensive, brand new, 100,000 pound Porsche yeah. in the middle, like not just a little way in. It's not like no. he's driven it in a little bit. He's, he's right in there, isn't the, he? The mud's right up to the the windows. Yeah, he's so. surrounded. I, I I love it how he <laughs> he didn't realise like he's like driving to a stadium and then all of a sudden he's in trees. It's I'm, like, do you well, not know? It's like what, what, exactly what, what, what stadium is in this forest? <laughs> Oh, but yes. th- I think it's a great example of sports stars and their cars. Just because they can afford a $100,000 car doesn't mean they have a $100,000 brain. Well, listen, I'm a Liverpool fan and I'm glad we've loaned him out to Derby County. Mm. I mean, we, don't need, we don't need that sort of football this year. We're trying to progress and be a top four side. But you know what? The Range Rover Sport is the number one car amongst Premier League players. Is, is that, that right? right? They're like a like an SUV. I don't well, think SUVs are that sexy. If they- he'd had a Range Rover Sport, he probably would have gone, gone through the bulk. Exactly. He wouldn't have got stuck in his Porsche, because I mean, look at that. I mean, he's he's like it's like an island there in the middle of the bog. Seriously, how did he even get it that far into that mud? We'll we'll have to post this photo on our page because it really is quite an extraordinary thing. Like literally, he's got mud up to the windows. Well, I want to know is that <laughs> the GPS is how he blames the GPS. I mean, you hear lots of stories. This happens in Europe a lot, where people they they drive into frozen lakes and so <laughs> forth. And but when when do you like stop looking what you're doing in the road? I mean, you're still looking at the road, aren't Surely. you? Surely. Are you not? No, he was too busy tweeting. You're right. Yes, tweeting and selfie. <laughs> yes, well, you've been listening to The Left Field here with the Black Swan and Meeks. Uh, you can catch us on abc.net.au forward slash grandstand. You follow the links to the podcast if you want to hear more of the show. And you can also catch us here on iTunes. We'll be back next time. Thanks for tuning in.